0: BLOB TALK RADIO
1: And uh before we get underway looking at this right, this season, we can uh look at we can look at uh we can uh we can talk about week three, so let's talk about it uh here uh, on the podcast. This like I said, the High Motion Man High Motion Podcast. Uh always joining me on the podcast is none other uh, than Harrison Bro. Round of arenafans.com. Harrison, uh, how are you doing? And uh, we're now, we're through three weeks. We're back again. Still trying to figure out these uh, different technical things that we're working through, but uh, we'll get it together.
0: Hey, Javon. Yeah, I think we had a little technical difficulties those first three minutes. Couldn't hear anything, but glad to be here. Glad to talk arena football with you as always. It was an interesting weekend last weekend and a uh, lot to talk about today.
1: Oh yeah, definitely lots to talk about, and let's get underway and talk about it. Week two was another fantastic uh, week, in week two, and you had the luxury of actually uh, heading down to uh, Atlantic City to go see the Blackjacks make their, you know, make their regular season debut, uh, their home opener, excuse me, down at Boardwalk Hall, taking on the Columbus Destroyers. Uh, AC uh, came through, won that game. Fantastic defensive performance by the by the Blackjacks defense, which is not surprising. If you've been if you if you uh, if you didn't hear our first podcast uh, that we that we are not our first our second podcast that we did uh, with their defensive line and linebackers coach Cesar Rafer, talking about their defense and Harrison, you had like I said, you had the luxury of being down there the huge game, but not by the AC offense, really, by the AC defense putting pressure on uh, rookie quarterback Grant Russell and getting after him.
0: Yeah, it was a good game on the field, and uh, the venue was really cool, and the atmosphere was good. The, that venue has a lot of potential with just foot traction on the boardwalk. I think they need to get a little bit more signage outside and, like, you know, game day, come on in, $15 tickets or whatever. But on the field, it was a good game. I think there's a lot of potential in this Atlantic City roster. They went out there, and once again, they played a pretty strong game defensively. Monty Lewis had a great game. He had three sacks, a huge force fumble that wound up, being one of the turning points of the game. And they have an interesting secondary. They aren't too proven. Their middleman, Keontae Northington, is a rookie, but he really impressed me in that game. He had three pass deflections, and he didn't allow any deep plays. So I've been impressed with what they have in Atlantic City. They came out and played the so Tough in week one. They just came out on the short end of that one. They've got an interesting test in week three versus Washington. Um, Randy Hippard's a really good quarterback. The offensive line has a lot of experience. So, I think Atlantic City is a pretty talented
1: team. Yeah, you're right about that. AC, they really put it on them. And you mentioned, you know, you mentioned uh, you mentioned their DB had a good game, but also having a huge game with Monty Lewis. I mean, three sacks in this game, three and a half tackles. Um, Hellman, Antron, and Antron Dillon really put the heat on Grant Russell. And the guy I've been talking about since early in the season, Lyndon Trail, uh, had an yep. interception for a touchdown. It was a give me. And are we again? Are we? We shouldn't be surprised that this defensive line showed up because Caesar Rafer talked about how you know how this how 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 competitive this defense is going to be, and they're going to come after you. They're not going to sit back, and boy, did they they made life really really tough for for Grant Russell back there.
0: Definitely, they have a good group, and I like your guy Linden Trail. He's definitely got the size, and he just got right in Russell's passing lane on that one, and took it to the crib, but. Speaking of Russell a little bit more, I still like his game. I was excited to be able to watch his first start in person. His timing isn't exactly there yet, and his footwork still needs some minor tweaks. But arm talent-wise and accuracy, he's thrown some balls downfield that have been right on the money, which is always important to see. And he hasn't looked too flustered by the arena game. They had some, they had some troubles with the, uh, with the snap exchange of Week 1 between him and the center. But they got that worked out and, you know, coming into Week 2 over practice. They had no problems with it against Atlantic City. Uh, he still has a lot of time to develop. The season's not even close to over. He's only going to get better as time goes on. So I think he's going to be a good quarterback in the Arena League.
1: Oh, for sure, he's definitely going to be good. And like you said, you know, when he has time in the pocket and and he can he he can hit some throws. I mean, he can throw he can throw some nice passes. And like he's and like you pointed out, you know, to me over the first few weeks of this regular season. You know, he's still dealing with the growing pains of being a rookie quarterback in a really fast league, in a, in, in a, in a league where the quarterback is playing more under center, not in the uh, shotgun. But like you said, he, he's done pretty well in the A.C. game. He, he he had some good drives. I mean, the way he was able to extend plays out of the pocket and he was um, just able to create on the field, hit some nice throws to a Fabian Guerrero, um, he got his other wide receiver who involved, whose name is totally just skipping my mind, uh, skipping my mind right about now. But he made some nice, yeah, Showshack. He 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 has some. I mean, those two wide receivers without Donovan Morgan, I mean, they made some nice throw. They made some nice catches with their hands, their fingertips. I mean, it, it's going to be growing pains, but like you said, you can see, you know, you can see the potential. Um, with him, and like you pointed out to me last week during the game, you said, you know, this is, you know, the growing pains he's going to have is going to be tough, because not only is he a rookie, but he also is dealing with a couple of rookies on that offensive line.
0: It's basically rookies on the whole offense, honestly. With uh, with Demo, right. out. Anthony Amos has been a guy who's been around, but you know, Guerrero played in the NAL last year, which is huge. Uh, having that arena experience, having played with the walls, but it's still not the arena football league, so Sosak's a young guy, Revis is a young guy, their offensive line is pretty much exclusively rookies or first-year guys. The defense has some veterans, but offensively, besides Demo, who should be back this week probably, um, but besides Demo, they're very young offensively, and it's going to take some time. They've only practiced for two weeks. There's no preseason games. They had one inter squad scrimmage, and when they were practicing, they were on a field without uh, the yard lines, hash marks, or walls, you know, or the crowd. They've played three road games in a row. So they're definitely having, you know, they're growing pains. First-year head coach, back in the league, he hasn't been around for a little bit. So I I don't hate what Columbus has offensively. I think they have a lot of talent, especially with Guerrero, Stoshak, Russell, and then they're going to return Demo this week. Um, I I think they have the potential to go out and surprise some teams. I think they could steal a few wins here and there. But, uh, you know, when you start a lot of young guys versus veteran teams like Atlantic City, you're going to face some growing pains, but they went out there. They played a tough game. They, they were in the game for most of it. They kind of fell off in the second half, but they were hanging around. I mean, fourth quarter, it was 28-27, to 27, Atlantic City early in it, and then Atlantic City just kept scoring. So they weren't totally out of the game. Like uh, They they put up a strong fight, but it just wasn't enough. This week should be interesting versus Baltimore. Baltimore's got a stingy defense, so that doesn't uh, mm-hmm. excite me for Columbus's point of view, but it should be interesting to see how they play tomorrow.
1: Oh, yeah, definitely should uh, be interesting. And like you said, uh, AC, they pulled out the victory, 42-35. They get their first uh, win of the regular season. Columbus, CBUS, as we like to call them here on the podcast, they are
0: <laughs>
1: searching for their uh, first win of the uh, regular season. But before we do look forward to week three, we got to talk about another uh, another low-scoring affair, as I have it written down in my notes, another low-scoring affair in the AFL starting off last Friday night. In Baltimore, the Philadelphia Soul, they're starting to put things together. They beat, they defeated Baltimore 36-27. Again, it wasn't a typical damn raw ball type of game or he's, you know, lightning up in the air, but still a solid game overall. But the receiving core of Aaron Washa and Darius Prince came up huge without Darius Reynolds. Uh, Washa in his first game in the regular season, five receptions, 92 yards, three touchdowns. Darius Prince, nine receptions for 98 yards, two TDs. Harrison, I think this is what we needed to see from the soul um, this past week, you know, seeing Washa and Prince kind of break out after, you know, more so Prince because Washa didn't play in the first game. Prince didn't really have that big of an impact um, in the uh, AC game, but the team have an impact in this game going against a, a stingy Baltimore defense, as you put it, in a, in a pretty good, you know, secondary with Joe Powell and Josh Victoria. It was nice to see him get off along with Washa.
0: Definitely, and Philly's always going to be Philly. They're always going to get the ball out quick. Dan's always going to be, you know, efficient in the game. And even though they only had five touchdowns, that's kind of the norm right now in the NFL. Shane Boyd threw six in that first one, and Arvell threw, like, eight. So, Arvell's the outlier. But other than that, I mean, everybody's pretty much been four or five touchdowns. Boyd only had four in the game, but it was a good game. Uh, it, you know, it's low scoring. It, it was a kind of a dry game in that respect. There was a lot of quarters where it was only, like, one touchdown getting scored You know, by both teams, but the the, the big storyline of the game was definitely Joe Hill leaving after the first quarter. He went down with some type of injury. I mean, that's huge. That's uh, Baltimore's kind of their lifeline on offense, but Brandon Tompkins and Milton Williams, they definitely deserve their respects too. And Brandon Tompkins is doing this. Milton Williams is kind of breaking out this year. He he hasn't had a bunch of catches, Mm -hmm. but he's got a bunch of yards and a bunch of touchdowns. So I've been impressed with him. I'm definitely keeping an extra eye on him. Yeah, so it's it's interesting to see, and and Shane Boyd didn't play bad in that one either. It's a good soul sec, great soul secondary with the guys they have there. Eighteen for thirty three, two thirty eight, four touchdowns, and only one pick. So definitely wasn't bad, but the the low scoring is what bothers me from that game. Thirty six to twenty seven. That's uh...
1: yeah, and you know what? Let's talk about low scoring. You're of... To the high motion podcast here on Blog Talk Radio, blogtalkradio.com, backslash total sports live on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Let's jump into the low scoring issues, the clock issues in the league. I, you know, me and you've been, like I said, talking about this and a myriad of other things in the league, and this is the one thing that is kind of perplexing us that we are having some low scoring games to um, start this. To, we're having some low-scoring games to start this this regular season. And and it was puzzling us because you're thinking, all right, the only high-scoring game really has been Baltimore, D.C. in week one, 59-51. Yeah. Other yeah. than that, nothing has equaled out to that. And I used my um, college degree to use some mathematics here and uh, did some math <laughs> <laughs> looking at the first two weeks of this season and last season just to make some comparisons. Um, when we look at this, 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 we look at week one uh, this season. Two hundred fifty-three points were scored altogether through through those games. Uh, this uh, last year, last year in week one, only two hundred eight was scored. And then week two, uh, this past week, we only had two hundred and three points scored. In week two of last year, it was only one hundred three because there was only one game played. So the point scoring there's only one game that's played that week last uh, last year. So a little, the score was a little skewed, but Still, if we just look at it, two fifty three in week one of this week of this year, and two oh eight last year in week one, it seems like the scoring is on par. But again, something just doesn't sit right. That we're not, we there's no reason why games should not be in the fifties unless the defenses are just getting better, which is another thing that could be happening.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's a couple things to factor to it. Offenses always start out a little bit slower in arena football. The defense is is kind of similar everywhere. People have different terminology and a couple different variations of stuff, but you're kind of stuck in a box defensively. Arena football. There's only so much you can do. You can't blitz any DBs. The jack linebacker only has so far he can go, and you can only really exactly. run so many zones when it's three on three. It kind of just makes more sense to run man. Like, uh, if you have the guys to run man, it it just honestly makes more sense to run a lot of man. But uh, looking at the low scoring, the timing rules are kind of one of the big things for it. The clock is running way more during the game, which is just naturally going to take away less of the gameplay. The the games have been, you know, they're going pretty fast. So I guess in that respect, it's it's an improvement. But I I personally would kind of rather have the gameplay not feel rushed and have more scoring than a quicker game. Uh, That's just me, though. Um, I kind of understand the reason for it. But it's the one-minute timing rule I'm not a fan of at all. I think it just deflates the game. Uh, I think with it not stopping until 30 and then being able to take a knee, I just think all the excitement out of that last minute in a close game, it's pretty much much gone. Like the the AC um, Philly game in week one, it was 48-41, so we were able to just kneel it out and win the game back in the day you got to hand the ball right. off, positive yards, all that. So it kind of takes a little bit more of the, the niche of arena football out. But, I mean, they're rolling with it for right now. They haven't changed it yet. It's week three. Tomorrow there's still going to be a 30-second timing rule and a running clock. So uh, over time, it'll, it'll hopefully just, you know, an adjustment. The coaches will get used to it. The players will get used to it. Fans, it'll just become, you know, a thing. Oh, yeah, 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 the 30-second rule will just be whatever. But, I think the offenses will get better as the year goes on. I think scoring is not going to be what we're used to, but uh this might just be much be the way we have to deal with it.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. I think the I think the ever running clock like you said, the nonstop clock just running, I think that 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 that, that is that is an issue because you can't you, you know, the clock isn't stopping after scores or anything like that. It just keeps going. It's going. Right. And you and think about it, when the clock keeps on going that take that takes away a few possessions just regardless of how it is. It takes away uh, a few possessions, and like you said, not having a one minute warning anymore, that takes the fun out of the that takes the fun out of the out of the game. Because if you're you know you've been following the game for a minute, you know how that one minute rule affects. When that one minute rule comes around in, the, in a tight game, you know what time it is. It's time to score. And like you said, now it's being dropped to 30 seconds and there's nothing you can do about it. Literally, if you know how to manipulate the rule, if we're just going to call manipulation, then you can get out of there. Um, you can get out of there with a victory. So I think that's one, I think that's one thing. So I do agree um, with you there. Uh, another thing that, like you said, the scoring, maybe this is just a new way the league is going to be. I think in the years past, I think we were used to, you know, scores in the 60s and the 70s and the 50s. And I think last season, we only had a few games get actually into the 70s. And probably the best game that was in the 70s was the Soul versus the Empire.
0: And that was 75-74. That was like the best game of the year. Yes, it was.
1: But I think that's what happens when you have – when you're later in the season, like you said, when you're later in the season and you have two prolific offenses. I think – a lot of teams are still trying to figure things out, maybe, but yeah. I'm not sure because, again, Baltimore, D.C. got almost the 60 points apiece.
0: Right, and, and this week will be interesting because Philly and Albany are going to play, and that's that's one that should be a right. uh, prototypical arena football shootout. Tom McGrady versus Dan Roderbaugh. That's always a great matchup. Malachi Jones, Darius Prince. No disrespect to any of the defenses, but points should be scored in that game, so that's going to be an interesting one to watch, and I mean, looking at some of these other scores, like they were all down since that first game, like you mentioned, Baltimore and Washington. Columbus only put up 19 points in Week One, and they're an expansive team. They're without their best offensive weapon right now, and they had a quarterback change in that game. So, like, you want to give some leeway, but those are just not scores we're used to seeing.
1: Yeah, definitely not. We're not used to seeing it, like you said. Like I said, NFL is type. You know scores. I think this is like the second week in a row we've literally, or was it? I think this is like the this like this like the second week in a row we've seen like a thirty six twenty seven game or something like that that, uh, yeah. that caught my eye. So I mean it's 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 definitely interesting to see. But as the season goes on, I think more offenses are going to be more in more sync. You know, the more plays. And I think another thing that 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 I think that's not that's not helped that. Not, not helping the scoring issue, Harrison. Not gonna be wrong by saying this is that we're seeing a lot of more offenses do dink and dunk. You know, they're going for the chunk yeah. plays. They're they're marching up the field instead of going pick pay for big play, shot for shot, shot for shot. You know, and I think in the old days we were kind of used to just teams just airing it out, boom, boom. dropping the throwing the ball forty yards down the field, touchdown, thirty yards down the field, you know, touchdown.
0: Definitely. that That's a little bit of the Clint Dolezal effect because they really do use that three-step a lot. But I think right. as the season progresses, we'll see a little bit more shots downfield from teams. Like Shane Boyd is getting his first start, you know, real his real first starting experience in San Antonio. You mm-hmm. want to give him, right. you know, some some time to get used to it, get his feet. And honestly, sometimes taking what the defense give you is the best thing to do in arena football. I mean, if they're playing off man, and they're five yards off the ball, why wouldn't you throw the hitch? So, it, sometimes it's the best thing to do, but I kind of agree with you that the shots have been a little bit down. Columbus likes to take some shots, and that's kind of the one team you might expect to play a little bit more dink and dunk with a lot of rookies, but they've thrown some shots downfield, which i like to see. Hibbert has a great deep ball. Grady has a deep ball. Dan has a great deep ball. So, there will be more shots downfield, I think, as the season goes on, but there will always be a place for that dink and dunk type of offense just picking up what they give you. That's what all my coaches always told me. Just take what they give you, throw the hits, throw the out, throw the check down, and let's just move on. Second and five is better than second and ten. So I I do love the dink and dunks.
1: And and, and anybody, for anybody that's trying to, for anybody that's listening, this is a quarterback here. So he understands, you know, (laughs) taking what the defense gives you. Washed up. No, you're not washed up. No, you're not. Because I'm pretty sure we play flat. You're probably better than most of the guys out there. Hey, so I get sure. busy in
0: flag football. That's an open invitation. If
1: anybody needs a quarterback for that flag <laughs> team, hit me up. Hit me up. Hey, we might we might have to have a discussion because I have flag football in the Philly sports league, so we might have to have a discussion yeah, about hey, that.
0: Hey, let me know. I'm ready to go. <laughs> I, I joke about hey. being washed up, but I'll go light it up.
1: <laughs> hey, I'm hey, I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm sure of it. But but you're right. You know, you got to live to fight another down, and especially in a league like the AFL where defenses are coming at you and the offensive lines are coming at you, you've got to just boom, 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 get the ball out. So if you got to you know, hit a guy for a nice 10-yard route into the wall, you take it, or a guy hitting him down the seam. It might not be a touchdown, but it's closer closer to your, your end goal. So hopefully, like I said, the scoring issues um, get fixed and the teams get more acclimated to the time and then the scores go up. But hey, uh, we'll continue to see how that goes uh, throughout the season. Yeah. You are listening to the high motion podcast here on blog talk uh, radio and let's, you know, get into week three. It's uh, about that time to see what's going on in week three of the, uh, of the AFL. And first of all, let's just, let's just start off with the heat, the, probably the best game of the weekend. And that is the Philadelphia soul taking on the Albany empire, the battle of the undefeated Harrison. This is going to be good. Cause we know what they did when they play each other in Albany, Last season, seventy five, seventy four. I don't think <laughs> that the score will <laughs> get up there like that again. But no, I do, I, I, I do, I do expect a lot of offense. I think this is going to be uh, uh, Malachi Jones. I think he's going to go off because he's just Malachi Jones. He's that good. But I think for the Soul, I think Darius. This could be another huge game uh, for Darius Prince as well. And off of yeah, the- it's
0: gonna be a fun too. It's going to be a fun one. Uh, Philly usually doesn't lose at home. Philly is a pretty good home team. They defend the home field pretty good. So that's kind of the bad's kind of been in the back of my mind all week. But Albany is super explosive. There, I mean, I don't want to disrespect solo, but I think they're the best team in the Arena Football League just on paper and just the way they've been playing. That's so fair. No, that's fair. Be that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean they they came out and they played pretty good and they were very strong last year too. That that game against the Valley didn't go their way. But they were the best team in the league last year, too, to be honest. So it's going to be an interesting one. I'm, I'm leading Philly just because Philly has a, a track record of winning at home. There isn't many times. But one person that did used to come into Philly and beat them was Tommy Grady with Jacksonville. So it's going to be a good one. I like to watch Tommy Grady play. He's different than a lot of other arena quarterbacks. He's so tall, and he has such a strong arm. And his mechanics, like, they don't really necessarily correlate to an arena football league quarterback because – he gets the ball out of his hand quick, but his motion is so, like, drawn out. But, I mean, he's right. made it work for years. I am not criticizing his mechanics at all. He, he's kind of going on out there. And with guys like Malachi Jones, Quentin Sims, and Colin Taylor catching the ball, they're definitely a high-powered offense. And they've got a really good defense as well with guys like Joe Sykes coming off the edge. So, it's going to be a fun one.
1: Definitely is going to be a fun one. And who you got in this game?
0: I'm going Philly. Yeah, I'm going Philly. I, I think uh, – the offense, for Philly, they get the ball out so quick. A lot of times it neutralizes a lot of defensive threats. I mean, there's only so much you can do. Like I mentioned a little bit, you're kind of handcuffed by the rules. And when a quarterback's getting the ball out as fast as they do, it, it freezes up the linemen. There's not much they can do. They get frustrated. The DBs, they're playing a few yards off, and those quick hitters, it, it, just, it can really frustrate the defense.
1: It definitely can frustrate a defense, and before I give my pick and my breakdown, if you haven't been checking out our weekly standings to pick them, uh, I've been keeping track here. Week one, I went undefeated. Harrison went 2-1 and one week one, but in week two, Harrison went undefeated at 3-0, you know, and I was 2-1 and one because I wanted to be different and ride to Arvell Nelson MVP bandwagon. Which I still am going to, nah, regardless.
0: Man. Can't can't bet against can't bet against Tommy Grady. Even though I just did it, can't, <laughs> can't bet against Tommy Grady. <laughs>
1: no, you can't. And you know what? I'm going to bet against Tommy Grady. Since you're betting against them, I'm going to bet against them too. I think the soul are. I think the soul. I think I think the soul are. I think I think the soul. I think the soul is getting things together. I, I was much more encouraged by their performance in week two than I was in week one. Again. See, um, I like I, I like I like how Washa and you know, and Prince plead. I think they're going to have, I think they're going to have good games this week. You know, not dealing with the same type of secondary that they are going to are going to face in Albany. Um, I think the sole defense. I think the secondary is going to have to work out for them. But I have no fear uh, with Torres Jones and uh and Dwayne Hollis and James Romaine, those are veteran guys that know how to hold it down. I'm concerned. Concerned about the defensive line in the linebacker in the Jack linebacker, I'm kind of concerned about that. But I, I, I just, I just think the soul, I just think the soul, the soul are you know starting to click at the right time. And you know, I, I, I said, I think I've said this about a few games already. this season. who whichever team has the ball last and who scores last is going to win the game. And I also think turnovers. Again, if the soul can get a, if the soul can get a turnover like they did. Um, Against Baltimore last week, that changes the game. They can intercept Tommy Grady then like uh, like like uh, DC did last week. They got a turnover, got some stops on fourth down, which they really could have blew that game wide open if if they you know were able to convert. Um, I think if the Soul can do the same thing in this game, you know then they should they they should be able to win it. So I'm going Soul too. We're both going to Soul. Yeah, and, and there's, watch there's another soul. thing to
0: look at Just in one. Uh the Empire today. Placed their middleman Brad Muhammad on injured reserve. And that's huge. I mean, he'd been playing the middle for them these past two games. He was a rookie and he'd been doing pretty well. Today. He got called for a few penalties, but he's on IR. He's not going to be in this one. So that's huge for Washa and Prince. They're going to be putting someone new in the middle.
1: Yes, it is. And we already seen, you know, just if you have been watching the Arena Football League, you know how just how, how good, how you know how, And if you're watching Arena Football, how important it is to have a middleman. That middleman, there's so, so much you got to worry about, and if you don't have a guy back there that experience and that knows how to handle those guys coming in motion, and you know it could be a long day. So like you said, those two guys could possibly be eating, you know, in the middle of the field. So hey, we'll definitely see uh, what happens in that one. Uh, another game that we have uh, on uh, this on this uh, week on this weekend slate of games is the Destroyers. Like we said, C Bus. Is 0-2. They need a win. If they don't win, this is not going to be pretty. If they don't win, it's going to remind me of the days of the Las Vegas Outlaws. If they don't win, what? it's going to remind me of the LA Kiss. If they don't win, it's going to remind me of the New Orleans Voodoo. I don't think I have to go on and continue on what they will remind me of if they keep on losing. The San Antonio Talents, if they lose, they're going to remind me of them. Uh, <laughs> There's a good one. a good one. They're, they're always <laughs> <they're 0-2. laughs> And they need they they need their first win, but it's not going to come easy. They're going against a Baltimore squad who you know they're one and one, but easily they could be two and zero oh, if things go their way. As you pointed out, Harrison earlier in the show, not having Joe Hills for most of the game really hurt them, but the other guy stepped up. Seabus um, you know, for what they lack on offense, you know, they got a solid defense. Varma had a nice game. Uh, Larico Stevenson. Um, and company, uh, this is tough. This is really tough. This is really tough. Um, This is really, really tough. This is I'm really waiting. tough. Um, I'm
0: trying to hear where you're going.
1: <laughs> I am going to go with Baltimore. All that said and done, I'm going with Baltimore. I just like the way – I think they're going to re- rebound. I think Shane Boyd's going to have a solid game, but I think – I think, again, I think the veteran secondary of the brigade is going to give um, rookie Grant Russell some issues. So I'm going with Baltimore.
0: Even though it seemed like I was leading to go with the upset, not this week. I mean, the, the huge thing for this game is going to be the two-star receivers. It's, it's going to be is d a 100% and is Joe Hill's 100%. Honestly, it might come down to which one is healthy. I like both supporting cast as well, though. Guerrera and Stoshank and uh, Tompkins and Williams. They're both good receivers. Both groups are pretty solid. In this one, I don't know. I like to play devil's advocate just so we have like a you know a different record. So I would say Columbus, but my pick is definitely going to be Baltimore in this one. I think they just have the stingier defense. I think Shane Boyd has way more experience. Just even if he hasn't been starting all this time, just being around the game. And they, they just have looked like a more fluent team. They've looked more cohesive and just a little bit more in rhythm. So, I think Columbus, I think they do have the potential to get better. I think everybody on the offense needs to continue to grow each week. I think they showed progress from week one to week two. I think if this week they can continue to show progress, they're going to be going in the right direction. I just don't think they're going to get past that uh, that Baltimore team. Nah,
1: not at all. So, we will be going to week four, possibly with Columbus still without yeah. a win in the one list watch of 2019 in the AFL season. doesn't
0: help that they play all but we'll in week four, but we'll talk about that then. Oh, geez,
1: we – oh, gosh, <laughs> just played them in the first – and they just played them in the first week of the season, and they – oh, man. Yeah, we'll talk about that later. Oh, man, the schedule makers did not do them a favor at all. Um, <laughs> let's look at the last week, the last game of the week, and um, another good – Game. This I think. This I think. To be honest with you, this might be the best game of the of the week outside of Seoul, Albany. Yeah, it's AC versus DC. I didn't even. It's Atlantic City versus Washington DC, and I did not know that it was, it was A-C, AC versus DC. Yeah, I did not know that. But <laughs> like here we here we are. <laughs> yeah, that is the move. Um, and uh, this is another good game. I mean, AC, they're 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 a good football team. They are a good football team. And DC, the Valor, you know, they're looking. To to avenge, they're looking. They're looking to bounce back after 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 a close loss uh, uh, to uh, Albany. Desmond Epps had another touchdown. Uh, Arvell played good, had some turnovers, not good. Uh, you look at the AC side, Randy Hipper doing his thing. Um, Lamarck Brown really stepping up, really really stepping up for them uh, this year uh, so far. Thirteen receptions for 128 yards and four TDs. That is second in the league only behind uh, Desmond Epson. Like I said, Arvell Nelson, 641 passing yards, which lead the league right now with nine touchdowns and three INTs. Um, Harrison, who do you have in this matchup between AC versus DC in
0: DC? Should be a good one. Like you said, I mean, there's only three games, but this is definitely the the best game outside of Philly and Albany. Um, It's going to be interesting. This is these two teams' first time meeting up. If, uh, I don't know, it'll be interesting. Arvell's played pretty good to this point. I've I liked Arvell's game all year. I know we're on his bandwagon pretty hard, but I'm going to go AC in this one. I think they are the more sound team, even though they're an expansion team. They have a lot of veterans on that team. They really know what they're doing. It's a veteran coaching staff as well. They came out last week and really played tough against Columbus, and that first week against the solo, everybody keeps going back to it. But that 20-7 to lead, it was very impressive to see. Randy Hippert has been around. He's done this. I mean, he's a very, very good quarterback in this league. And I think that they have the talent to go out there and beat Washington. I think it will be a good game, and I think Washington's going to be amped up. Obviously, their home opener, they're doing the whole banner stuff and all that good stuff. So it should be a pretty fired-up game, but I'm going to go Atlantic City. Uh,
1: Going with AC. I like it. I like it. I like it. I'm going to be different this week, and I'm going with DC. Yes, I'm going with the Valor. Um, the
0: RVL Nelson bandwagon. Go it's actually strong. not going
1: to be R. It's actually not going to be RVL who I think is going to have a big game. I actually think Dez Epps is going to have a big game uh, this yeah. week. I mean, I mean, for as good as Washington, I mean, not Washington, Atlantic City's defensive line is. That secondary still has some room and some growth. And some and some work and some room for improvement, but it doesn't get easy with a guy like Desets who can get open uh, whenever he feels like, and it has the speed just to, to blow by guys. So I think you know, I think I think he, he's going to have another uh, big game. Um, I think I think I think I think he won't go off for like you know four touchdowns like he did in Week One. I don't think that's I don't think that's going to happen again. But I do think we will get a couple of scores this game. A couple, I think about two TDs. Um, I'm pretty sure AC is probably practicing. You know, probably using Kendrick Ings. How using Kendrick Ings in the way that um, DC uses uh, Dez Epps since they're both your type, you know, wide receivers, things of that nature. So I definitely, you know, I think I think it's going to be a good game. Like I said, I think this is going to be a good game. I think it might be a high-scoring game. If, to be honest with you. I think this game is getting to the 50s. I, I think this game could get in the 50s um, from both teams getting 50 points. But I do like the Baylor uh, this week. Arvell, we'll see how he performs So, so we, We'll see if he can continue to lead the league in the yards and to see if he can put up some more touchdowns and see if Devs Dev, Dev Epps can, can can continue to kind of put the reins on the rookie of the year uh, conversation here in the Arena Football League. So, that's our picks for Week Three. If you think that we got them wrong, or you think that we're crazy, or we or we're not giving that much respect and love to CBUS, hit us up on Twitter. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Joe 10 or you can follow uh, Harrison on Twitter at Harry Brown uh, Russo. And before we wrap up this week's edition of the High Motion Podcast, you know what we have to do all the time. We have to talk about DraftKings and my DraftKings yep. Chronicles. If you if you've been following along with us here, the, the uh DraftKings Chronicles have been very interesting to this point. If you remember the first week I did not do well at all. I struggled. Deeply, deeply struggled, and it wasn't good. And it was just because of the cap- captain. And as I'm finding out playing this more and more the AFL rules, having a having a good player at Captain kinda makes your trying to make things like makes 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 things easy for you. But I decided this week to play in the uh one dollar AFL showdown, uh double up between uh just Philly and Baltimore. So I just tried to focus just on, on this game just to see how it was. And I actually won. Uh got a nice place and got in won and won a dollar. So hey, I appreciate it. I'll take a dollar um in this game. Um looking at looking at my team um, did pretty good. Shane uh, uh, Boyd, well, actually, you know what? Let's compare. That's what I want to do, actually. Let's compare head-to-head. The winner, surprisingly, I finished with 157 points, 157 uh, points, 157.4 fantasy points, and the winner had 100 had 166.7 points. So you see that it was closed, but no cigar. Um, we both had Shane Boyd as our captain, who— Racked up about thirty six point one eight points. In um, this one, um, we look at Boyd. He, he had a fourteen he had a fourteen thousand dollars salary in this game. Um, two hundred thirty eight passing yards, fourteen point two eight points, four passing touchdowns, gave him twenty four points. But the interception kind of brought him down, back down to earth a little bit, taking away minus uh, one and a half points. Um, we both surprisingly, we both also went. We we also went uh, and rolled the ball. Waterball had a good game, 28.12 points, a solid selection for a $9,000 salary. Again, um, his five-passing touchdowns gave him 20, but his interception thrown kind of threw things threw everything off right there. We both had Joe Hills, who only had 7.7. 7. Um, fantasy points as the flex. We both had Darius Prince, uh, 30.8. Uh, fantasy points as well. We both had Washa. But the difference was in this game, Harrison, and you mentioned him early, um, earlier in this um, podcast, and that was Milton Williams. Um, mm. I had Brandon Tompkins. Tompkins had a solid 22 point, 22.4 points, which you know in any other week you'll take that. But uh, Williams, 31.7, um, had 117 receiving yards. They had 11.7 points, uh, got an additional three points with having a 100-yard receiving game. Had two receiving touchdowns for 12 and five and five receptions for uh, five points. And Tompkins, on the other hand, he had a solid game, too. Six points for a receiving touchdown, eight receptions for eight eight points, and receiving yards, 8.4. So if I'm reading this correctly, it seems like for a wide receiver, for the amount of receptions that you get, that amount of points you get, so if you had eight receptions, you get eight points. Um, touchdowns are six points apiece for a wide receiver. And yeah, so that's how I lost. That's how I couldn't get first place this week. This was like two dollars. Um, Milton Williams. Uh, that that was that was the guy that did it uh, this week.
0: Even, even though you uh, took a loss, how are you liking it? You having fun playing it? Oh yeah,
1: definitely, definitely. It's diff Like I said, it's different than you know, it's different than playing than playing like the NFL or NBA or MLB. Um, in 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 retrospect, is different because you're not depending you're 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 kind of like depending on one guy to have a big game. Like I said, your captain, you know, if your captain goes off, then you can be sitting pretty. But, but if your captain doesn't go off, then you know it's like playing any like regular, even playing it's like playing just regular fantasy football. You know, you hope for the guy to go off, and then you hope that you know you made that smart pick. You know that everybody says like. Wow, that was a good pick, and you know, luckily before before I even submitted before I uh before the game started, I switched out Lonnie Outlaw for Washa, and that was a nice suggestion by you. You came through in the clutch with that one, uh, saying, uh, <laughs> say to put him in, and he and he paid and he paid big dividends. So if you want to play uh play it this week, you know I don't see no showdown game uh this week. Showdown game on DraftKings has pretty much been just um, one player. I mean just one game that they really focus on. Uh this week so far is only the classic games up. So all three games are in play um as of right now. So there's a ton of games out there that range from a dollar entry to a twenty seven dollar entry to a fifty dollar entry. Um we have a ten thousand dollar entry, a five thousand dollar entry. Yeah. I don't think I don't think I would have the heart to just drop $5,000 yeah. on draft
0: yeah. <laughs> Too risky?
1: Yeah, too risky. I would feel very disappointed. Then that's when I knew. If I bet that much on any type of fantasy game, that's when I know I have to officially step away and, like, reevaluate yeah. my life. I just do that. $1, the $1 to $2, yeah, the $1 to $2, I can spare that because that's literally, oh, yeah. that's just basically just using your winnings and just playing it over again. Yeah, totally. <laughs> they play in the lottery at that point. But hey, hopefully we'll see how we play, see how things go. Um, things see how things go this week. I might have to go. I might have to play Lamarck Brown in a contest because he's he's really showing up big time um, a for AC. It definitely, especially since he's been their only playmaker really coming alive for AC. So he might be a good play uh, this week. Just thinking off the top of my head, he might be a great play. Um, this week and and demo might be a great play as well.
0: You yeah, know, if, if he's, if he's healthy, healthy, if he's healthy, that's a great play.
1: If he's healthy, then he could get a lot of the catches, you know, coming his way. So hey, we'll definitely uh, see about that um, on the next edition of the Draft King Chron- Draft Kings Chronicles here on the hmm. High Motion uh, Podcast. But that's gonna put a bow on this one. Um... Thanks again for everybody tuning in. Like I said, if you missed this podcast or any other podcast, you can check it out uh, on blogtalkradio.com backslash total sports live, or you can check it out on Spotify. Uh, just search uh, the TSL podcast, total sports live. Hit that follow button on Spotify, and you can check it out on uh, Apple Podcasts as well. Just search total sports live, hit the subscribe button, leave us a review, leave us a rating. We would appreciate it if you. Leave us those things tell us we suck, tell us that hey we're doing a good job you know doing it or, or you know say that we're wrong, saying, hey, why disrespecting C bus like that put some respect on their name, you know just just just, just tell us tell us what you feel tell us what you feel, um but yeah, that's pretty much all we got this week, but before we go, um Harrison, anything that people should be looking out for or anything that's dropped this week uh from you on arenafan dot com
0: uh let's see i'm I'm interviewing West Malia. Pretty soon, that's going to be a good interview. He's transitioned from playing Mack linebacker in the early part of his career to these past few years playing the offensive side of the ball full fullback. I just think that's an interesting transition. I didn't really see it when I first watched his game, but, like, now looking back, it makes a lot of sense. It's a good position for him, so excited to talk to him. And uh Phenom Elite article came out. And then just, you know, go back and listen to the old podcast. Listen to me and Joe Vaughn's words of arena football wisdom.
1: Yes, very yes, wise words of arena football wisdom. Wise here words. on yeah. on the high motion uh podcast. But yeah, like Harrison said, he's gonna be interviewing My Wheel who's you know, who's 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 head he had a touchdown last week, if I'm not mistaken. He had a touchdown he did. last week. He did for the for the Jacks. So that was pretty cool to uh, see that and Harrison mentioned him actually when we when we interviewed Caesar Rayford about a guy, you know, that can play offense and defense. You know, there's not really that many iron men around in the AFL, so to see still that happened in 2019, uh, that's, that's, that's that's an interesting dynamic there, and like I said, he, this Phenom Elite article dropped the that they those are the guys that are that have put out, you know, this year, the addition of jerseys and apparel uh, for the AFL this year, so definitely check out that story as well. Uh, How about we you, brother? Total you guys, lot, did those two hey, stories come out? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, people, if you haven't, if you checked out If you haven't checked them out, definitely check them out. Um, Had a chance to sit down last week and uh, talk to uh, two guys who are going to be getting their pro careers underway starting this weekend, uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, at the Eagles three-day rookie minicamp. I had a chance to talk to Rocky Mountain uh, College tight end, um, uh, Darnell Jenkins, and also had a a chance to talk to UVA UVA wide receiver, uh Kayan Dur- Durviger, who Duviger excuse me who probably went to the same school as Randy Hippert uh AC Blackjack uh quarterback so I had a chance to talk to both of those guys you know great conversation to both of them um great guys humble guys thankful for the opportunity um that that the Eagles gave them and they're both online uh right now Jenkins went online last week and just yesterday uh Duviger went up Went up, uh, went up yesterday on the site. So check both of them out. You know, uh, we a lot of times during this time in draft season, we get caught up in the high name prospects or the guys, you know, that are going in the first round or get drafted or even the un- undrafted free agent guys. You know, we get attached to those names of football, but sometimes it's the story of the guys that are trial guys that you know that this is their only shot. You know. They don't have a guaranteed contract under the belt. They don't have a signing bonus if they're uh an undrafted agent. These guys are literally, you know, playing for their lives at this point. So definitely, you know, two good two good solid story, two good stories, you know, and definitely uh check them out on Total Sports Live. Really appreciate it for everybody that's that you know checked out Jenkins one and that's also checked out uh the derviger one, you know, it was it was it was pretty pretty cool to interview uh, both of those guys. And like I said, if you make sure you will follow us on Twitter. You follow Harrison on Twitter at Harry Brown Russo. And you can follow me at jovan Ten. But Harrison, I think that's gonna wrap it up um here on this week's show. Um I think both of us now have to go watch the Sixers and see if they can uh see if they can yeah. pull this one out against the uh Raptors in game six. Hopefully by the time we come back next week we'll be talk we'll have more mentions of basketball. But if not, then hey, it was yeah, a good for you. <laughs> we might, we might not, but hey, you never, never know. But we ain't worried about basketball. We're worried about arena football. We're worried yeah. about the nets. Worry about the high action in between the walls, and you can only get that, uh, only get that here at the High Motion Podcast here on Block Talk Radio. So for me and Harrison, everyone have a good rest of your week, and we will talk to you guys next week. Enjoy the football on ESPN three.